Welcome to a brand new episode of Release Your Roar. Raw conversations with inspiring guests that dug deep to become a success. Use this episode wisely. Let it activate you and release your roar. Here's your host, author, speaker, executive coach, and founder of Becoming a Lioness and the Ari Source, Crystal de Leon Sarmiento. Thank you so much for joining um, this beautiful episode that we are recording in studio today um, with Mrs. Jane Emma. The topic of today's, um, I say um a lot, so y'all get used to it. (laughs) I'm very unconventional. Um, The topic of our um, podcast episode today is why water matters, if you will. Um, and I'm super excited because I've got this fabulous, fabulous CEO and founder of the good for company. Her name is Jane Emma and, um, she's a mother of two. She's a business entrepreneur and she's been doing this for over eight years. That's right. Her life didn't start there. It started way, way before, but the essence of where she is today for the most part started then. So Jane, let me ask you, what does good for company mean? So, um, I mean, I guess we'll dive into how I ended up in water filtration, but good for really stands for something rather simple. So products and services that are good for you, good for the environment and, um, good for your home. So, um, you know, water is something people don't really often think about. And, um, the way that I ended up in this business was just, you know, my husband and I were in construction, um, I started helping him with his business um, and then helping turned into, we had three locations um, across uh, Canada actually. And, uh, you know, a lot of our clients were actually installing water filtration systems. And so I had no idea what it was all about, why it was important or whatever. And so I started doing my research. That's what I do. I go down rabbit holes and then it just, it almost feels endless. And so when I realized what it is that we're up against in terms of water quality and what it does, um, I got really interested. We got the system ourselves. Um, but what I saw was happening was there was a lot of dishonesty in this business. So mm. it was a lot of bottom line, like everything was bottom line driven. So the cheaper the product, the higher the sales price and people were dishonest about how those systems performed and all of that. And it made me super sad to be honest, because it was like people were left with bad taste in their mouth with this kind of stuff. Um, and no pun intended. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but they would get systems that weren't, you know, wouldn't really perform or didn't, you know, the sales agent wasn't honest about what it does and they were misleading and they just frankly didn't know what they were talking about. So they knew that, you know, their sales talking points, but then you'd have people complain about, you know, various things. And so anyways, when we moved down to Texas, um, you know, I decided that I really wanted us to be able to control the entire life cycle of the client experience. And that meant the sales process, um, the back end, you know, and the installation, um, because I want to be able to go to bed at night yeah. with a clean conscience, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I want to know that people cannot call me and say, oh, you weren't, you know what I mean? The product yeah. you sold me isn't accurate or, or doesn't do what you promised. So long story short, that's how we ended up uh, good for. 
I just, I wanted people to be able to know that, you know, whatever it is that we're offering, whatever it is that we're talking about, it's genuinely good for you. I love that. I think that's so fantastic because when do you know if you're being sold snake oil when you don't know the product itself? Yeah. Right. And I feel like a lot of the part um, of the sales process of anything, right. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, it's a hair product, whether it's something in a jar, you literally go off of what's labeled on there or what someone tells you. Yeah. Right. And we don't have the resources and the tools available to us to, to know, is it, you know, are they fully transparent? And is there stuff in there that can harm us, which is like the whole movement, right. Of holding companies accountable for what they put in their products, the food that we're consuming for mm-hmm. like years and years and years with so much information now, it's becoming a little easier to start tracking and holding companies accountable. But now even trends like the words clean, organic, like um, in the food industry, you know, even outside of the food industry, it's like that sexy word, marketing word. Now you've got people like, and these are not ad drops. This is just, you know, like Neutrogena, you know, they're like, oh, this is our clean line. How do I know that? All because it doesn't have a dye in it and yeah. it doesn't have perfume. And why do you still have the other line? Exactly. So at the end of the day, a lot of it comes back to that, right? Is yeah. how do I know that what I'm ingesting or putting on my, on my body is actually good for me, right? And exactly. in your case, you went to bed thinking about water. Yeah. I love that. I think that's fantastic. I'll be honest. Uh, my dad... Um, they've had a, a water filtration system for 20 years. And um, I got accustomed to just drinking the water out of the sink because it tastes so good. Yeah. You know, but I'll be honest, most people don't take it past the the tap water tastes like crap. Bottled water tastes better. Mm-hmm. Like, is that even, does it even matter? And what are some of the... I guess, toxins that are not good for us. So the thing with water is, I mean, you kind of nailed it, is a lot of people start and stop at the drinking water aspect. Um, But you take a shower in your water. Your water runs through all the plumbing in your home. Um, You wash your fruits and veggies. And I think that it's really ironic. You know, there's a lot of people that spend a a whole lot of money, right, on organic products, for example. Um, I only shop organic, but I also wash my fruits and veggies in filtered water. Mm. So if you're buying organic, it means that, you know, they lack pesticides and things like that and the way that it's grown and all of that, right? So that's nice. But then if you come home and you wash your organic products in... Uh, chlorinated tap water that has our agricultural uh, contaminants like pesticides, pharmaceutical Mm -hmm. contaminants, industrial contaminants, Mm -hmm. like in Houston, especially, you know, chromium six, I don't know if you've heard of that, but Mm -hmm. chromium six, um, it's a metal and, but it's also um, used in industrial settings, like to clean cooling tower, cooling towers and stuff. And Mm -hmm. especially because Houston is such an industrial city, there's a lot of it. And not to mention that there's something called uh, chromium-3, which is not harmful to us. It's naturally in the environment. But when chromium-3 combines with chlorine, it creates a byproduct that is chromium-6, which is that hexavalent chromium. Like Aaron Brockovich, this everybody will know. Okay. Of course. So Aaron Brockovich, that whole movie was based on that chemical. On chromium-6? Yes. 
And so it's a cancer causing contaminant. Um, you know, obviously in our, in, in my business, we don't, we don't make claims, but we'll point things out. Right. So it's not like, okay, you're going to drink your tap water. You're going to get cancer. But I will tell you that there are known cancer causing contaminants in water. So when you're thinking about when you're taking a shower and you come out and your skin is dry, that's not normal. When you're washing your produce in chlorine and the plethora of chlorine byproducts um, that come with that, it's like you really have to question like, okay, well, you're leading this organic lifestyle or you'd like to, but you're only doing 50% of the work. And then where it matters most, which is your water, and it's like the single most like important thing that you interact with every day. You brush your teeth, you wash Mm -hmm. your face, you, you cook with it, drink it, the whole nine. Um, so it, it really impacts a lot. So it really goes a lot further than just your drinking water. Um, and then bottled water, what bottled water companies are really good at is making plastic bottles. They're not good at water filtration. Mm -hmm. They will have a basic water filter. And if you look at the bottles, some brands will say reverse osmosis. Reverse osmosis is by far the most efficient form of water filtration for drinking water uh, that is available right now on the mm-hmm. market, period. Uh, it goes through like the finest mesh. So mm-hmm. everything, I mean, everything is held back, basically. It just kind of neutralizes everything. Um, but only a few brands will actually run it through a reverse osmosis process. I've, I, I, I'm going to ask you this only because I'm, I'm hoping you have the answer or know something about it. I remember maybe I read it somewhere that water bottled water is actually bad because it gets delivered on like mm-hmm. trucks and it sits there in the heat and then the, exactly. the contaminants and the plastic infiltrate the water and then you drink it. And so a lot of people will store mm-hmm. their water for hurricanes, et cetera, in their garage in these hundred plus degree temperatures in Texas and yep. I've, or, or even leaving it in your trunk and that that heat, you know, is absorbed. So is there truth to that? And if it is, then maybe it's not only the water, it can even be all the soft drinks that we're buying Yes, that are packaged absolutely. in plastic. Is that true? Yes, it's very true. And if you think about a lot of grocery stores, they'll stock, um, well, I guess maybe not so much in Houston, but in other areas, you know, they'll stock their water cases like right at the front windows and all of that and it's not necessarily refrigerated um yeah and so those plastic bottles will start to leach into the water itself that's why i don't know if you've ever like if you leave your water bottle in the car for 24 hours after you've drank out of it Mm -hmm. it just doesn't taste the same right so Mm -hmm. it's that heat that's then kind of acts as a catalyst for the bacteria that your mouth put into the water and so it's like if that bacteria is multiplying that quickly then the heat is obviously impacting so yeah absolutely microplastics that's probably the article that you read it was about microplastics and there was some uh data that said that basically we ingest like a credit card's worth of microplastic um oh my gosh believe in like a year or something, please don't quote me on that, but no, it's something yeah. really horrendous when you really think about it. Back, I, 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 let's not, I'm not going to say I'm like an organic eating clean freak. I'm not by any means. I'm more aware now. Yeah. Only because you see the stories and it, and it begs you to question it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or at least it should. Um, and I've mentioned this before, but in about, I want to say about 10, 12 years ago, can't even remember really. But I read this fantastic book by Dr. Colbert. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called What You Don't Know 
could be killing you for the first. And it was basically, I think in the very, in the introduction of the book or the first chapter, he states that if our bodies were a six foot piece of soil, all the contaminants in our body would be declared a hazardous mm. because of what's in our food, what's in everything that our bodies ingest, the pollutants in this, in the, you know, in the environment. Yeah. And mainly what's in in the food that we eat and in the, quote, supplements that we're taking to make our bodies healthier. I mean, all these things. And that kind of shocked me. I'm like, man, if if my body was a piece of soil, I would be, you know, a landfill. Worse than a landfill is what he said. Yeah, because a lot of your body cannot, you can't metabolize everything. You know, your liver can really only do so much for you. You know, it's not just there to metabolize the alcohol that you drink, but it can only do so much. And a lot of these things, like you've probably heard, and I'm really glad that the media is starting to pick up on this and Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot more discussions about it on social media, but the forever chemicals, the Teflon chemical, right? The PFOAs, PFAs. Um, these things do not leave your body. They accumulate in your body. And so they did a, um, there was actually an experiment or a study run, uh, to see how, um, widely circulated this chemical is. And so what they found was in, they haven't found a single person that's living today that does not have traces of these chemicals in their body. So, Teflon. so all the nonstick and the oh awesome things, like I've made the switch completely to cast iron. So everything is either enameled cast iron or just straight cast iron. So things that I know, at least for now, right? Until we yeah, find something we else find out. Um, but that stuff is not lined like, and you can't destroy it. That's the thing. So that's why your body can't metabolize it. It's like one of the strongest and that's the whole non-stick part, right? It's like, oh, a non-destructible type of thing. Well, your body can't break it down. It cannot break it down. And so what they had to do was they had to test um, like um, blood that was stored pre-Vietnam War. Oh my gosh. And so that blood was free of that chemical. But when the chemical was developed shortly thereafter, I mean, it's in everybody and it's almost in everything. These chemicals leach into our water and you ask, okay, well, doesn't my water utility take care of stuff? And this is where it's like, no, <laughs> your water utility keeps you quote unquote safe from like immediate dangers, like immediate sicknesses, like E. coli, coli. like some yeah. salmonella, like things like this. Right. But your water utility can really, even then, okay, and I'm not trying to bash the water utility. They also operate off like state and federal guidelines, right, which are extremely loose. And that's where I was going to ask you is like, okay, they have a set, you know, standard and literally it's so bare minimum to just get out the toxins that are in it. Because they're bare minimum. You know why? Because it's all based on um, budget. So for chromium, for example, so they did a... um, Basically, to, like, got a whole, you know, bunch of data gathered from water utilities across the United States. And, uh, or excuse me, this is in California specifically, because the California Supreme Court actually this kind of proposal and saying this is what the minimum should be. And they're like, no, you have to go back to the drawing board, which mm-hmm. is really crazy. But what they did was like, okay, so the, you know, no more than 10, we can afford to fix no more than 10% of the water utilities. So what threshold is going to get us to that 10% and not over? 
Oh my gosh. So you have something as like, it's known to be dangerous. It's factual, you know, like I trust scientists. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in, you know, I do my own research also, but like after a while you just keep running and running into the same data points. And so it's all budget based. And so you ask like, okay, so there's a bunch of these chemicals that in the last 25, 30 years, this list of dangerous chemicals have not been updated by the EPA, for example. So then there's no set limit for it. So these chemicals just exist, but nobody's testing for it. So yeah, when you get your water utility report for that um, quarter or whatever, and says, okay, yeah, you know, it checks off all the boxes. But if you have like 50% of the boxes missing or they're non-existent period, like how confident are you in the water quality wow. that you're receiving? So it's really safe by whose standards and and who said, and why did they say that? And these are things that yeah. we don't ask ourselves. Not only that, but I feel like we live in a day and age where information is so readily available because of the internet and search engines and every generation from toddlers to the senior El- like absolute elderly hundred year old have a device in their hand and mm-hmm. everybody knows how to look for something now. I mean, my nine year old doesn't even go to Google. She just clicks Siri. Hey Siri, what year was <laughs> Abraham Lincoln born? Boom. Information's at our fingertips, like yeah. crazy amounts. And so it's so sad to think that the older generations, the only source of information they had was the news. And whoever, or the library, or the library, to go and like really search, and exactly. it would take days. Sometimes. But then, but then you have to consider nowadays everything is political, and who's paying for it what is. to be put out there, or what agenda somebody has. And if somebody at the water utility company, you know, has somebody on their board of, you know, there's just a lot of mistrust. Not so much in Houston per se, or you know, bashing in these, in the States, if you will. But I mean, it's just a standard. And it's like, now I think we're learning as a society not to even trust our government. Whereas before we were like, Oh, we've got this. We live in the United States of America. They're taking care of us. They said the food pyramid is good to go. So that's what we're going to go ahead and follow. Seriously. Like uh, that's a whole nother topic. We can totally get into that. (laughs) But my point is it's sad because the information that was given to us for so many years was basically what fit somebody's agenda. Mm-hmm. And as a society as a whole, we followed along like sheep because that's what we were told was okay. Yeah. And it's not okay. It's not. It's not. But I think the saddest part is that considering how much information is available to us, people still actively tr- don't pursue like looking for it. Or acknowledging it. That's sad. I've gotten into, you know, you have to realize to you like pick your battles when it comes to this. You know, there's people that have been drinking out of their grandfather's like garden hose for the last 80 years. and We grew up doing that. I mean, we would run through summers and grab a hose and drink it. But at what cost, right? Yeah. But also, you know, let's say what it was 70 years ago is not what it is today. And there's so much more construction and there's so much more happening and so much more of an industrial presence and all of these things. And and that paired with an aging infrastructure, like an aging water infrastructure is a big problem. And so you have, you know, I was like, I was talking about earlier, the water utility can really only handle so much, but what they can't control and what falls on the homeowner at that point is after it leaves the water utility, 
What is it picking up on the way to your home? What is it combining with? What kind of cracks and whatever are in the pipes that allow, you know, in Houston, for example, it rains a lot, right? So what goes up must come down. Mm. And so you think about what we have over there in Bayview and Channel View and all those areas, right? Mm -hmm. All that industrial. I mean, it goes somewhere. So eventually those things that are being pushed up into the air, they get rained down on us, they get into the soil, the soil, and it slowly but surely it leaks into the, you know, into these crevices and into the water that we're drinking. And so it really, you know, it's not just about the drinking water. Yes. I mean, I, you should never, you should absolutely never drink the tap water. If you're dying of thirst, obviously I'll say, okay, yes, you know, once, twice, three times isn't going to harm you. Um, but, you know, there's things to consider. Like, again, you know, there's, um, I don't know, I've been hearing a lot, and especially being a mom, right? And something you can relate to is our kids' health and their well-being. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of kids are getting, having these labels, ADD, ADHD, and all of that. How much is that things. really tied into water, though? I don't, okay, so this is where, you know, I, like, I'm going to stay in my lane. But what I know does not help. And what I know that does help manage these things mm-hmm. is the, uh, you know, removing heavy metals from a child's diet. So even, you know, being really like closely monitoring if your child has autism, for example, right? It depends on how, you know, intense it is on the spectrum. But, you know, a doctor, a good doctor will recommend that you start with your food and your water and you make sure that you're removing preservatives, you're removing foods that have heavy metals, you shop Mm -hmm. organic, you eat clean, um, no processed foods, nothing like that. Heavy metals play a huge, huge role in these kind of sicknesses, right? In autism, ADD, ADHD. So it's the heavy metal aspect. Furthermore, I read a study and this was I had to be on like page 14, 15 of Google. Like this is when I talk about rabbit hole. Yeah, you literally have to go past the... I go far. And so there was a study done in 2008 where there's like a study of young Americans ages, I think, 18 to 35. Um, And those that experienced um, anxiety and depression had higher blood lead levels than those that didn't. And so, yes, obviously there's chemical, you know what I mean? Depression and anxiety, these are all things associated with your brain and Mm -hmm. things like that. But at the same time, these chemicals or these heavy metals, they impact the severity of it. So somebody that, I just thought that that was really interesting. And so you can't, you just can't overlook that and you can't unknow it either. So, I mean, it's, it's. Gosh, it's kind of scary mm-hmm. when we I'm going through our daily lives and we think that exercising moderately, you know, buying a Neutrogena clean face wash and a few organic products or something that has a sugar free label on it and um, exercise and take our supplements will be fine. Yeah. I mean, I understand that our kidneys are fascinating, right? They, they're they're created to purify in our livers, but. When you put it into perspective, like what you're saying, it's like, how much are we overloading our bodies? And then to think that a lot of Americans and really not just Americans, but people go out and drink and then you overload it some more, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, but, you know, some some people would say that they just, you know, tequila cleans it or kills it, you know, (laughs) 
Yes, that's what you hope for. <laughs> that's what you hope for, right? It's in yeah. moderation. So, or the wine's good for you. But at what point are we, you know? Well, a glass or a bottle, right? A night that's a glass mm. might keep the doctor away and your sanity in place. But then, you know, the bottle is kind of going into different territory. So it's oh really, gosh. it's just understanding how it's all there's like a cycle, right? And you can't just expect to do 50% of the work and get 100% of the benefit. And I think that really understanding that water, like when you give your kids a bath, you know, like my husband and I, I told you, we just moved into a new Mm -hmm. home. And to be honest with you, as gross as this might sound, but he just, I mean, it was really crazy. We have two Mm -hmm. kids. It was just a lot. Um, And so for the first two days that he wasn't able to get to install the water system for us, um, I didn't give my kids a bath. Mm. Like I, we are that dedicated to the cause mm-hmm. where it's like, I'd rather you run around a, a little extra sweaty or something, yeah, you know, sure. than, um, to the take a bath wow. and sit because the skin is our largest organ. If so if you fill up a bath and you have your kids sitting there your and if it's a warm warm. bath, this is another thing. Um, asthma, I have a lot of clients who have, you know, they've shared different stories with us and I have this one client. Um, she's amazing. She's a single mother. Um, she's a nurse and her daughter. Um, anyways, she has several ailments. And one of those things, I mean, she told us that her daughter relies on three to four different, um, breathing, um, apparatuses. Like what mm-hmm. is it for asthma and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Inhalers. Inhalers. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and she said that since installing, our shower filter, so it wasn't even a whole home system. They live in an apartment. So they have our reverse osmosis, a drinking water system, and then they have our shower filters. Um, it comes as one of our offerings, a rental program, mm-hmm. because we realize that not all people can afford to buy a of whole course. home system or not all people live in a home, right? So you exactly. have to have different products and different services. So um, anyways, she, after about six weeks, had called in and said that her daughter only relies on one or maybe two now. And I thought that that was really interesting because the shower filter it does a really good job of um, like significantly reducing the chlorine that's coming out of the shower. And so chlorine, when it's heated up or when it's, you know, warm, we all take, or, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people take hot showers, mm-hmm. right? So that steam that you're enjoying in the shower, that chlorine also turns into a gas. And so when you're breathing it in, you're exasperating any sort of um, lung issues that you might have. And it's irritating the insides, irritating your insides. And so it was just one of those things that I was incredibly proud of. And I was so happy to be a part of in any even small way, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like this is a you know, solution for everything, right? If your child has autism, I'm not saying get a water filter and this is going to be the best, but are you going to significantly increase the chances of your child living to the benefits benefits, of of helping, you know, reduce, you know, the load, right. Of the metals of everything else in the environment. I mean, if, if you had a choice to not do anything with the knowledge you have, Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. But if you have a choice and you, and you've seen the data, like you said, the studies and, you know, firsthand results, then it at least warrants giving it a try. What can you lose? Right. Exactly. What can you lose? I feel like everything's a game. (laughs) Everything's a game. So tell me a little bit about, um, what specifically you guys do. What is your mission? So we, uh, we started with whole home filtration because that takes care of all the water in your home, um, and the drinking water systems and all that. But when we first started, you know, we started running into this problem where 
you would, you know, we, it was, we would come into your home, we would do a demonstration and this demonstration is we'd use like valid testing equipment. Cause that was another thing. I don't want anybody thinking that we're rigging anything yeah. or whatever. And unfortunately I know that the water is bad enough where I can rely on the results. Like I know that it's going to be bad, mm-hmm. but the problem would be the following. These systems, you know, they, they do come at a cost, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot we do offer financing, but not every family would qualify for financing. Mm-hmm. So you just came into the home. You did all of this. Family is on board, says, hey, you know what? This is, this is crazy. I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know that it was that bad. Let's get this done. And then money is the thing that stands in their way. Mm-hmm. And that was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for me personally as a mom because I can't imagine seeing all that and then and then knowing what I know then and then going to give my kid a bath or a shower, you know, mm-hmm. and cook anyway. So that was devastating. So uh, we came up with a rental program because the whole point was like, I really want anybody that wants to have access to this to be able to have access. So we came up with a rental program where um, it's low cost, you know, there's no barrier to entry. It's $65 a month. You rent a, a certified like tested and tried and true uh, reverse osmosis system. We come in, we install it for you, and then we provide shower filters for your home as well. So although, no, we can't handle like the perks of being able to have uh, filtered water running or soft water running through your uh, your home's plumbing. Yeah, Yeah, because that also, we talk about what's good for you, good for the environment, and good for your home. Well, having a water softener, for example, is great for your home because it really saves your home's plumbing and your water using appliances and all of these things. My focus is really on the wellness aspect and what mm-hmm. um, I feel like my competitors don't do. Um, really, none of the competitors do. They'll all talk about your plumbing and your mm-hmm. all of this, okay? Yeah. Nobody talks about the actual contaminants there's you know sales guys don't typically if for our company they're put through the ringer like they know their stuff before they ever set foot in your home because the problem here is i'm not trying to sell you something to clean your water pipes that's just an added benefit right that's something that's on the side and so um Anyway, so being able to offer some sort of solution to make clean water and really high-end clean water available to anybody, no matter what your socioeconomic situation is, was really important. And that really played into, again, Mm. what's good for you. Wow. So I I know for a fact that a lot of um, people shy away from that because it is a known fact. Like water filtration is not cheap. It's expensive. It's a luxury. It's a luxury that we can turn on and it not a lot. It is a luxury actually to go be able to turn on a water faucet and have running water. That's not going to kill you. Yeah. Like in third world countries, you know, Absolutely. um, I think we take it for granted. And I think that this freeze that we had, um, yeah. I think it really made the entire city because everybody lost water at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes you be thankful for it. But at the same time, it's like, because it's an, a commodity that is just there, because we take it for granted, we don't you just see don't the need. Think about it. You don't. And you don't want to invest in something that you already have a water bill for until you see it that you could be adding years and days to your life and your baby kids' lives. You know, I think that's the big thing. What about um, a pool, right? Be- if you do water filtration on the whole house, does that include your gardening? 
Your you can house? do it. Yeah, it depends on per- people's personal okay. preference, right? Um, because obviously the media that's inside the system, mm-hmm. the more water that it filters, mm-hmm. the sooner you're going to have to service that system. But I'll go into that because, again, the brand that we chose to align ourselves with, which we did a lot of research and we went through a lot of mm-hmm. – um, like decision, like genuine decision making. Like the systems that we choose, they're not—they're uh, costly for us. They're costly for everybody. However, in the long run, they save you money. Mm. And so it's really about that upfront investment. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to make it, then you will see savings. You mm-hmm. will see that you won't have to change your hot water tank as often. You will see that your, you know, water fixtures and your sink and stuff don't have a bunch of white, you know, like crusts around Mm -hmm. because of the hard water. You're not going to be spending 45 minutes scrubbing your glass shower because of all the white dots that just literally never, ever come off. Mm -hmm. And that's all of that lime scale and calcium buildup and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But also things like, again, that people don't think about. So, Personal care products, okay? So we talk about expensive lotions, right? Mm -hmm. Face lotions and things that are going to keep us youthful or whatever, okay? Um, So soft water suds more easily. Mm -hmm. So not only does it not dry you out, but it also suds more. uh, It feels like it's harder to rinse off, right? I know. You just got to like get used to it, but really your hands are rinsed. You just got to dry them and then it's. Yeah, but that's, you know what that is? That's your natural, your skin's natural oil. Just being able to stay on your skin. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. It's just the natural oils on your body being able to stay there and not be stripped off by the hard chlorine and by the um, hard minerals in the water. And so with our systems, actually, and I have, like, actually, a friend of mine had purchased just a few months ago uh, a water system from us. We have a location in San Diego, California, as well. And that's where I grew up. Um, and he was like, Miss Jane, Miss <laughs> <laughs> Jane, this is a big Armenian guy. Um, I've known him for like 20 years. Um, he was like, well, I really want to get this for my family, but you know what really, I don't, I don't like when I, it feels very soapy. Like I can't wash yeah, it off. And I was like, yeah. no problem, dude, because our system, you can adjust the hardness so you can, you can adjust it to go up, which means it'll be softer. Or you can adjust it to go down, which means it'll be a little bit less, you know? So it's really choosing the system that can do all those things that, That's you know, awesome. gives you the opportunity to, it's the whole house. It's the okay. whole house, but it'll still, you know, it's still what it's doing. So a water softener sends it through and it's called it technical, but it's a ion exchange process. And okay. so, uh, it's, uh, this media resin media that attracts all the hard minerals in the water. Um, and, uh, kind of exchanges it for the soft minerals, which is magnesium, potassium, and calcium. Mm. And so it does it at like a kind of a structured rate, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not this like huge influx. Um, and so you don't soft minerals. Um, and so, but yeah, but you can adjust it and it's something that, um, you know, making this investment up front, like I said, saves you money in the long run in a number of ways. Like we talked about the water using appliances, but then the skincare. When your skin is dry, so for those first two days that we were living mm-hmm. in the house, I washed my face, obviously. And like, you were like, oh my oh, gosh, I so forgot dry. how it felt like. You forget. You become a little bougie, to be honest. <laughs> okay. It's kind of like, oh my gosh. And when you yeah. travel places, I had told you before that my husband and I last summer, when you know all of this madness started, we bought yes. an RV yep. to kind of do just something, anything. 
So we're so devoted and oh to the gosh. cause that my husband hooked up water filter to, you know, like, like did a whole sequence. Obviously, it wasn't the same that we used for the whole home. Yeah. Because it can't fit. Did he <laughs> so rig he, it himself to make it work? He rigged it himself. And so everywhere we went and we stopped, the first thing he did was, you know, he put the hose into the water filter and then ran it into the, in, you know, into the RV. And so we had, and we had an uh, RO. So in terms of storing water and space and all of that, like we always had clean water. It was right there to go. Like we're serious. I think, you know, once you, once you jump on the bandwagon, you literally can't ever come off because you just understand what it does. And it's a huge difference. Wow. That's impressive. And please forgive this question. I'm going to sound really not smart here, but I promise I am. Um, what about well water? Because a lot of people live in rural areas. When you compare well water to city water, obviously it's it's known for being cleaner, right? Cleaner from chemicals. From chemicals. Okay. So at what point should iron. they worry about? Ooh, I mean, usually well water, they know. You have a really high, also mineral content. Mm. And you have metal, like iron is a really big, big problem in well water. Mm. So we have well water systems as well, but it goes through a different process. So for example, city water, you know, the chlorine and chloramine that's in there is again, I will always say quote unquote there to keep you safe, right? Mm -hmm. From bacteria and stuff like that. Um, now well water won't have that. So for a well water system, you know, we'll have, there's a special well water, uh, filter it will also soften the water, but then there also, it goes through a UV process. And oh, that UV interesting. is going to, it's at that last stage once everything has been taken care of. And then that kills the bacteria or any, anything, you know, like that. So it's just a bit of a different process, but mm-hmm. there's always a setup. for How fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And what about, um, for instance, like our refrigerators? Those come with, if you have the little... Mm you know, water dispenser and it has a tiny little $60 filter in there. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me about that? Well, how often do you change it? When that red light goes off, do you listen to the red light and do you run to the store to go buy the cartridge? (laughs) There's your answer. Nobody nobody takes it seriously. They're like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. This cartridge is like, I mean, the size of probably as wide as like a doll, like a coin, like a dollar coin. Uh Okay. And maybe like an inch or two tall, I think. I, I mean, it depends on your on your refrigerator, right? Wrap coming oh into gosh. this tiny little filter. So if a Brita filter, which is garbage, okay, but if a Brita, if it's, be, it's better than nothing, but if a Brita filter can only last you about four to five weeks before you need to change it. Everybody thinks it's longer, but you know, do you test your water? Do you test no. your Brita? Mm-mm. No. Okay. No. So... It's not like it's a smart filter and it knows when it's dirty and da da da. It kind of gives you like a general time of when you need to change it or whatever. So, anyways, this filter in your refrigerator is even smaller than that. So it's really, smaller than a Brita filter. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. So I please for anybody listening. Do not. And something to keep it in mind too. So these little forty dollars, even if they're thirty bucks, and you have to change it every month. A reverse osmosis, okay, sell for $14.99. Yes, it's an investment, absolutely. But once you pay for it, this system can create three gallons of clean water for you every hour. Wow. A 24-pack of bottled water 
contains how many gallons? Do you know? No, I don't. Three gallons of water. Wow. So, you know, you just, you again, you put these things into perspective. So you pay for this thing once. Yes, there's filters you have to replace. But again, the higher end the system, the longer and, you know, the longer and more efficient it lasts. Um, but this whole mechanism lasts you anywhere from 10 to 12 years. So it's like, okay. I mean, it just, wow. ma- basic math really ex- explains it. So it's really about people's hesitation about the upfront cost. The upfront investment, yeah. But then it's like, okay, so you have no problem spending $400 on dinner out with friends and a bunch of fancy cocktails, but your hesitation lies in like something that you rely on every single day. Exactly. It's a little silly. What about, um, when we're thinking about um, the investment of, does, no, I'm sorry. My question is, do you, your system has a, do you have to buy water softener for it as well? Or is it completely reverse osmosis? Well, okay. So our whole home, so reverse osmosis goes at your kitchen sink. That's like that final, like really getting down to the nitty gritty. That like is extra added protection because you're going to consume it. Yeah. Okay. Now the whole home system is plumbed at your main water line. So it filters all the water. And so kind of brings me again to my competitors. So competitors will sell you two separate systems. They will Mm -hmm. sell you a water filter and then a water softener. So if you currently have a water softener in your home, you don't necessarily have a water filter. You have something that's softening your water. It's not necessarily filtering it. Mm. Okay. And those are really, again, it goes back to the sales guys. Guys and girls that, close a deal. And- yeah. And they're like, this is going to be great and whatever. And then of course, with the soft water, you feel a difference, right? Yeah. So you, you have this kind of false sense of security, but, um, Puronics is a line, like I said, that we chose to align ourselves with. And what they do really well is they have combination systems. Um, you don't lose out on any perks by having these systems combined. You only gain, you only have one thing that you have to monitor. And then the media that they use inside for filtering and for softening, it's on the hot, like it's a high performance, uh, carbon that's filtering. And so it can go longer. These systems are manufactured out in California. So they have to abide by really gnarly California environmental rules. We know how gnarly California can be when it comes to rules. So yes, that, and in I, this sense, it makes me kind of happy. But Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there are some perks. There are some perks. But yeah, definitely some crazy stuff comes out of California. But in this aspect, it's, it's great. Good, yeah. So from a sustainability aspect to how much water it uses like to clean itself, because these systems have to clean themselves off. That's how they continue mm-hmm. to run. Um, and in terms of just just everything, like everything associated with upkeeping a system like this, Pionix, you know, by, you know, by and large, what is it saying, uh, really exceeds expectations. And so again, that's really the reason why we continue. And look, my allegiance is, is not to Pionix. My allegiance, and you'll hear me say this often, my allegiance is to the end result. So if, and when there is a product that is released, that is more efficient, that is a high performing, that is certified because mm-hmm. certifications is the same. I love this. People are like, well, certifications, I mean, whatever, you know, I'm like, okay. So when you go to your doctor's office and they are missing their medical license mm-hmm. and they're giving you advice and you're just like, no, that's cool, bro. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I trust you. Nobody's verified that you know what you're talking about, but we're just going to go ahead with that. So when you're making an investment like this, going from certifications 
And then, you know, going from there is really important. So if and when there's systems or brands that come out with better technology or whatever, like we will make that switch and it won't be, there won't be a single hesitation. So it's not like I exist because Pyronics ex- exists. No. It's the best possible system out there. Wow. That's fascinating. It is really fascinating because we hear so many people that entrepreneurs, especially that they start a business based on their, they need, I needed this. So I invented it or I found myself, you know, you know, going through a rough patch and they find a solution for it. And for you, it was really just bringing another added level of goodness to families, to homes and you want to sleep at night. And the fact that you could do that and you took that to heart, what made you think like, what is your drive in inside? Is it just that, that you really want to do good for good for, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's catchy. (laughs) It is good for, um, for people. Or is it just that you really wanted it good for yourself and you thought this would be good, you know, good for everybody else too. Um, I think that it's a combination, you know, I really, I'm definitely a person that feels shame. Like I think in business, there's people that don't feel shame. And so they can just, again, you know, when you're bottom line driven only, you can just get after it. You'll say anything, do anything to close that sale. And then when people need you, you're nowhere to be found. And so for me, I don't know, even when I started in, you know, I've been working since I was 12 years old. Okay. Wow. 12. Yes. For a long, long, long time. I've done all sorts of things. I worked at Subway. I was a babysitter. I even worked for a mortgage company. I worked retail for a while. Um, I've done it all. Mm -hmm. And customer service to me was something that I really enjoyed. And I really enjoyed being honest about Mm -hmm. my opinions Mm -hmm. because that's how I got people to come back. I was always the person that made the most tips. I was always the person that had, like, I worked at Nordstrom's, which was a really great experience because they teach their whole, like, ethics and the way that they the do customer business. Service. Per se. Mm-hmm. But I worked in, I went to university in San Francisco. I worked at the Nordstrom's in downtown. This was in oh, 2006. Awesome. So this is like tech boom central. Yeah. So you have all of these I'm so sorry, but rather nerdy guys, right, coming in. And I worked in the men's department. And so they'd be like, they'd have all this money and they didn't know what to do with it. And so, you know, we'd go through it and, you know, I would, I could have easily pushed like many, many, many. I want him to go out, wear the outfit, feel confident, come back and be like, Jane, like that was, that was the shit. Thank you so much. I love that. My day went so well. Let's like, now I'm looking for this. And that's exactly how I built my client book. And then from there, from there, my honesty also led me into exactly what it is. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. all of my high school quotes and even down to like, I think middle school was always like, I was a bit of a rule breaker. So I was respectful, but like, I really liked doing I got my you. own stuff. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so this just felt like in one, I didn't know how it was going to pan out. Obviously, I certainly didn't think it was going to be water filtration, but <laughs> I always knew I wanted to do my own thing. And being in San Francisco in the midst of all of that, like there was just so much excitement and energy at, in the city at that time mm-hmm. um, that I was introduced to entrepreneurs doing what I was doing, doing retail. And so outside of going to class and outside of working a full-time job at the same time, outside of also partying full-time because the city was (laughs) a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. It was a great, great vibe. 
Um, but I'd also find ways to inject myself into like, oh, you're doing a pro, I would, I would love to participate. And so anything that I could do to just pick up and learn and, and just see an experience, like I was mm-hmm. super stoked on. But again, that all came back to like people wanting to have me around. And I think that, you know, if you're just true to yourself and you're true to your word and you like stand, like there's things you stand for mm-hmm. and then there's just things you don't type of thing. That's and right. if you stay true to that, um, people find you and they want to, you know, when you out. just do right, you know, it just, it, it good attracts good. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? so that's with our, you know, with, with this business now, like that's the main drive. And like whenever people start with us, there's like one line that I'm famous for now where we are a five-star company and we will remain a five-star company. And like that, that just that one phrase says a lot to the people that are coming in because I'm like, I don't mess around. Okay. My allegiance is with the client. And if a client calls me and tells me some really detailed story about how something went down, you may or may not work here the next day. Mm-hmm. It's not like I don't forgive things. Right. But sales Mm-hmm. And in this industry, in this kind of industry, ethics, you either come in here with good intentions or you don't work for us, period. And so it's, um, I love yeah, that. So I love that because it's so hard to find good employees and people who have really good rooted, natural character in rooted in their value system. And like we talked a little bit before we started recording is everybody has their roar. What is your roar? Like, what is it? And for me, it seems like really helping others for just hearing you talk about the passion it is to help you sleep at night, but also not just sell somebody something, but really you're selling them something that you believe in, right? It's not snake oil. It's not, you know, buy my course so you can feel better. And then two days later you feel crappy Yeah, or buy this bottled water because I'm going to tell you it contains natural spring Exactly. Right. It's not natural (laughs) at all. (laughs) So those marketing gimmicks. And so for me, I feel like it's so it's amazing when you can when I have people on my show and I can interview and find out what makes them. Why? What's your this? What's your that? Right. But it's also super rewarding to hear people just genuinely want to do good for good for yeah i told you it's <laughs> good man it's catchy good for for anybody and everybody in any way you can yeah you know what about um what if we have people interested because people from all over the world listen to the podcast um mainly in the united states but i do have people outside of the u.s but what about if you're not in texas how can they get a hold of you guys to purchase your system or inquire about it so I actually have clients nationally. So we, we, we have two physical locations, Houston, Texas, and San Diego, California. But um, prior to the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we had started putting some things in motion to try to grow the brand nationally. And obviously, the pandemic definitely mm. put like a, you know, pedal to the, you know, metal sort yeah. of thing. Um uh, and so, you know, just giving us a call, you know, there's a lot of third party resources that I can use. I don't necessarily have to send somebody into your home and test your water. A lot of people already know that they have an issue. So, um, I give a lot of consults over the phone. We ship the systems out. We offer a concierge style service where we will help you arrange and, um, find a, a qualified plumber in your area to install the system. Um, I actually have a system going in today for a lady in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do this all the time. So really just going to the website, which is the good for co.com. Um, 
and just booking a phone call, you, you probably will talk to me most likely mm-hmm. because I handle these, these types of calls. Um, and then all I do is I just learn about what it is that you're trying to accomplish, you know, and we listen to the problem and I tell you what your options are and, um, and we kind of take it from there. It's really, and no, you will never, there are no pressure sales. I do not try to close you at the end of the phone call. I do not try to get you to make this large investment on a whim or anything like that. I do believe in doing research. So at the end of the phone call, you'll hear me say, Hey, go check this out. Whatever systems you're comparing, send them over. I'd love to run a comparison for you. And I'll show you like, you know, gallon for gallon or like, you know, you know, technology for technology, like Mm -hmm. how it separates so that you can make the most educated choice for yourself. And if it's not us, that's fine. At least it's something. At least they're getting some type Mm -hmm. of, you know, water upgrade. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So if you had, um, one last quote or not just specifically a quote, but a piece of advice or something for somebody that's listening that has made it all the way to the end of the podcast (laughs) and they're super interested. Um, what would you want them to know? Like about myself or about water? Whatever it is on your heart that you, maybe both. Let's go with both. Um, I guess it would just be that our intentions come from a good place. And so I just really want, you know, I think about it this way. When my kids go over to their friend's house type of thing, I would love to know that they're as safe there as they are at our yeah. house type of thing. I know it sounds, you know, safety is kind of a, I guess, wide term, but... Um, what we do is really family oriented and it's very family driven. And so what we do and what we say comes from a good place and we kind of lead, you know, with our heart on our sleeves and hopefully that speaks to you. I love that. I really love that. How old are your, are your kiddos? Uh, my daughter's going to be seven this month. My son is going to be six in July. What are their names? Isabella and Alexander. Oh my God. I love those names. Isabella. Do you call her Izzy or Bella? Bella. Bella. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love that so much. And I, I, I forgot to ask you this. I wanted to ask, why did you guys move to Houston? San Diego's like my, it used to be my dream city. It used to be where I wanted to move to. So I can't imagine someone leaving. I know. Well, I'll tell you after living in the frozen tundra of Toronto for five years with my <laughs> husband Anywhere that was sunny was better. Uh, but no, we definitely, we weighed that option and it was not an easy choice to be mm. honest with you. But, um, as a business owner, just to get into the nitty gritty, I guess, as a business owner, um, you know, I wanted, there's a certain lifestyle I'd like to be able to afford my children. I don't want necessarily putting all of our money into the business to have to take away from everything else. And, mm. California is really expensive and it's really savage for businesses. So, savage. Um, like my uncle has a business that he's trying to relocate and he's like, you know, I have to find a place where I'm willing to live six, six plus months out of the year so that, you know, yeah. everything is fine. And so, um, and I really love the potential of Houston. Like I, I really, both my husband and I really are like, wow, Texas is growing so much. Um, and Southern hospitality is the realest thing. I love <laughs> it. Our new neighborhood, you know, we had people like, stop and honk their horn and introduce themselves and whatever. And I'm sure that that's a, you know, and there's a lot of wonderful mm-hmm. neighborhoods in, uh, across the U S but it was just a, everything just really the like, opportunity. Really? really? So how long have you guys been in Texas? Uh, just over three years. Oh my goodness. So you guys came before the whole boom. 
Uh, yes. Right? Yes. yes. And being originally from California, I also tread lightly in how often I share this information with people because they're like, <laughs> ugh, don't bring that, you know, over here. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not one of them. Like, Aww. it's okay. You're I'm like, I've been one. here for yeah. three years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a stigma. Like, people are starting, there's billboards, like, going up, like, for Californians not to come to Texas. But, I know. look, if you come to Texas, bring it. But just remember why you came. Yes. That's the biggest thing. You know, I think the the southern hospitality it is a legit thing yeah like when i traveled um all over the united states for you know my corporate jobs and in in a week i would be in la and then the same week i'd be chicago and new york all in in a week yeah and people are so angry and I'm like, you guys need vitamin D. You need some sun. <laughs> yeah, and a barbecue, it and sounds like. There you chill. go, right? <laughs> or some salsa and queso. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I would always, like, just people. I'm like, hi. Like, that's just my personality. Like, yeah. I'll smile. I'll, hu- I'll want to give you a hug if I don't, you know, know you. Or, or if I'm, we're meeting, we had a nice conversation. Okay, but I'm a hugger. I'm, yeah. That's just part of who I am. And And people literally will give me looks like I've got 10 heads because I'm, so outgoing or chipper or just wake up happy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's those days, right? Or like traffic or whatever. Of course. But I feel like, you know, it's just a culture thing. I mean, we really are super loving and respectful here. And there are those, you know, odd guys during like rush hour or things like that. That's going to be everywhere. No matter where you are in the world. Just a bad day. Just a bad day. Whatever. Just get over it. Yeah. You know, um, but I feel like Southern hospitality is a big thing that I'm, I'm super proud of. And, and it's really nice when people. Oh, come what? Up. From fake LA? Yeah, no. correct. I'm no. not from here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what are, what, what are some tips that you would give business owners that are looking to move to Texas? And why did you choose Houston and not Austin? Cause a lot of Californians are moving there. I know my Quote husband, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my husband is, uh, he has his eye on Austin eventually. Ah. So I think that's when we get to, you know, hopefully the next stage in our business okay. and, you know, their channel is successful. Then, you know, our dream is to build a house out there in the B caves actually. So I love overlooking. that. So we'll see. It's going to take some time, obviously. And I'm fine with that. Um, but originally we actually had a client that was out here in the Houston area. And so my husband came down from Toronto, uh, to do a little bit of consulting mm-hmm. and just to help them. And he was out here for like a week, a week and a half, um, nothing crazy Then he came back and he was like, dude, <laughs> I think you're going to love it down there. And I was like, well, I'm freezing my ass off here. So <laughs> I'm down, you know? So, so we've talked about it and I'm, you know, I have my U S citizenship and he had his Canadian, my children are dual. Um, and so we came down and we followed all the right, you know, all the right steps, but we really heavily considered it was like San Diego and I have family out there too, you know? And so it was, it was definitely tough being like, okay, actively choosing to be for, you know, continue to be far away from my family. Yeah. But Again, it's all about the opportunity and the opportunity for growth and what we can do as a business and what we can do as a family. Um, you know, I think that it's much harder to become a homeowner. Not, I think it is much harder mm-hmm. to become a homeowner out in California. It's already difficult being self-employed to do any of these huge milestones. It is. It's already so much harder. So it was just 
to be honest, it made sense. Like it, that was a business decision. And that was like, that was where I had to trump my heart and go, okay, this makes more Texas is good sense. for business. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves and we're booming. Let's just hope that the policies stay that way. Uh, and that, yes. you know, remember why people came here and, and vote that way. Exactly. You know, exactly. at least vote, cons- you know, fiscally one way. Right. Yes. I think that's the important thing. Um, tell me a little bit. So your accent, you could not even tell, but you said you're Russian. I am. Yeah. Were you I was born, born in Russia? Yes. So I That is so wild. So tell me about that. So um, my family immigrated um, at the end of the 80s. Um, I was one when we came. So I grew up in the States. But then I I think I was six or seven. And um, I actually went back for a year Mm -hmm. with my mom. My parents had gotten a divorce. um, And about a year after that, she I think she just, you know, Anyways, for whatever reason, we had gone back for that Mm -hmm. year and it was the craziest experience because everything from schooling to people's attitudes to like, it was just, it was really crazy. And so I had gone back, but that really solidified my Russian. So Mm -hmm. it definitely helped because when you're just thrown into a Russian school, like they don't mess around there. Mm -mm. You know, it's not like here oh, the teacher looked at me wrong and now she's, you know, fired. It's like, no, the teacher can <laughs> almost beat you and it's still your fault. So uh, so the experience was definitely wild. Um, but yeah, and my husband is actually Russian as well. Oh. And our families go back like 50 years. What? Yeah, so no arranged marriage. I know a lot of people make jokes about there's like, oh, was it arranged? I'm like, no, it was a, you know, think Facebook, really, and my sarcasm for us being together, uh, just to put it in a short way. But mm-hmm. um, So that's pretty cold, too. Yeah. Just, just a tad. Right? It's definitely very cold. But in the summer, it gets hot as hell. So Does it's also, it? at least there's a bit of a summer. But in Toronto, I swear, the summer, it was like there was no spring. There was just like a gray slush, like two weeks of like spring-type weather where green leaves start popping up, then really hot for like six weeks. And then again, you start the slow decline into like cold weather. Always cold. So, I just can't imagine that. I'm sorry from like, I visit Chicago quite a bit. I love Chicago. Um, it's my, it is my favorite city. I don't know that I want to live there, but it's my absolute favorite city to visit. Yeah. And, um, but when it's like freezing, I just, I look at my, my family there. I'm like, how do you, how do you do this? Like, I got to have the coast somewhere near. Like, I'm just a coastal type person. I have to be within an hour of the beach. Yeah. Well, I moving from San Diego to San Francisco was already a huge switch for me. And I think what I went to college, it was end of August or middle of August. I moved up there. And then by October, I was like, dude, I don't think I can make it. I think <laughs> I need to come back. My dad was like, oh, you're, you made this choice because I made, I was always really independent. So it was like, I made my own choice. Nobody came and toured colleges with me. Nobody held my hand through college applications. Nobody, there was no SAT preps or anything. It was like, handle your own shit, you know? Kind Get of out there I, and make it happen. Yeah, and I'm grateful for that, you know? Certain aspects, I'm kind of like, well, a little bit of guidance would have been nice, but, um, yeah. but I made that choice because I fell in love with the city and especially because San Diego's a bit slower. Yeah. You know, and yeah. That it's more chill, very deep. Yeah. Like, I grew up surfing, yes, doing all You that. did? That's yes. awesome. And snowboarding and all the stuff that I missed. What about kite surfing right or anything no. like that? No. No. It was just straight surfing. I was not a good surfer. I was a very good snowboarder, but I'll be honest, I was, I was 
manageable as a surfer. <laughs> but going up to San Francisco was a huge change. I bet. Yeah. Different culture, different everything. It was just cold. Oh, like it, it was, was just windy. cold. You're like, mm. yes. And from, you know, being super tan yeah. all year long to all of a sudden discovering that as my San husband, friend. if he listens to this later, he'll laugh <laughs> because uh, I was like, I'm olive skinned. He's like, you're definitely not. You're Look not. at that color shade of white. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, you're Russian. <laughs> yes, I'm not olive skinned. No, he is. I am not. I love that. I love it. Well, I love San Francisco too. I feel like all these cities you're dropping and we're talking about are like, I love, absolutely love them. I need to get back to San Fran as soon as we can all. Do you got your vaccine? Are you going to get it? No, I am not. I know this is going to turn. That sounds crazy. No, I. But for right now, being a science person, (sighs) data. Okay, tell me why. So I'm pregnant. Oh, that's right. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. And so that's a big reason for why I'm not going to mess with it right now. I had COVID. You Um, did? Yeah. I had COVID and I was lucky. Um, Our whole family did. And I'm grateful to say that, you know, it's, uh, it sucked, uh, you know, but it was manageable for us. So it doesn't scare me as much, you know? Um, And so for the time being, because we don't know how it affects fetuses and we don't know any of that and being science, you know, a believer. Look, my stepdad is, uh, he's a statistician who like a very respected statistician in the pharmaceutical industry. And so, you know, like they went and they got the vaccines and they So did he did and yeah, he's a he statistician did. and so And he helps like he builds literally builds clinical trials and says like this is the probability that it's going to be successful or this is not or whatever. Wow. And so and he's really well respected, published like crazy. Um and so I pass a lot of things through him and so You need to bring know, him on the show. Yeah, right. He's That'd excellent. be amazing. Um and so he, you know, it's not like I won't ever but just for the time being, no. Yeah, I'm being not. pregnant is a biggie. But yeah. so you're saying you are open to it and you think it's the right thing to do or especially I'm, based on his status? I'm not going to say if it's the right or wrong thing. Okay. Like I'm a person that never got the flu shot, for example. I mean, neither. I've had every other vaccine, basically, yeah. you know, vaccines, I believe in 100%. But I've never gone, you know, every year, even though every year my mom's like, go get the flu shot. Yeah. And I'm like, but I never did it and I'm fine, you know? Yeah. So that's. That's where my hesitation is. Mm-hmm. Whether it's right or wrong for whomever, I believe deeply that this is a personal choice. I think you need to make the best decision for what is for your family mm-hmm. and for your health. Um, and so I'll leave it at that. I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna say that I also never got the flu shot. The last time I got it, I was pregnant with my nine-year-old. So it was 10 years ago. And I don't get the flu. But now with COVID and everything we're learning, I just may have been asymptomatic to the flu because there's been multiple occasions where my nine-year-old back then was like five and six and my husband, each of them at multiple occasions, both had flu, both types, A and B. And I literally have her coughing on me. I'm sleeping, you know, with her in bed and and basically coddling her all night through 103 fevers and never caught it yeah not once and so i one of the things that i thought um when we were dealing with the covid in december it started closing in on us on our home it started it started hitting our family extended family um no no immediate family um 
but cousins, aunts, things like that, good friends, people just started getting it left and right. And we were like, we can see it closing in on us. Yeah. Um, and an, an aunt passed away from it. And then just recently, my father-in-law passed away. I'm so sorry. It's so hard. Before anybody knew it was last January, like Mm. a year, what, and a half ago almost. Mm -hmm. And he died February 1st. And it was like now we know the domino effect, right? And how with the breathing apparatuses and all of that and how, you know, parts of his system would start to shut off. So now mm. it's more clear. But back then it was just like nobody. And where was he? Canada. In Canada. Yeah. So we flew up there and I'm glad that, you know, we made it well, kind of, but, um, but it was, it was just crazy. So I don't say, you know, it hasn't not touched our family. And that's mm-hmm. why I say like, it just depends on what it is that you feel. Is it did right touch for your you, family. You know? yeah. And so, um, one of our cousins, he, he's just adamant. He's like, it's not if you get it, it's when. Yeah. And, and for a moment I actually, you know, internalized it. I'm like, man, he's right. And then I, I went through my, you know, my thought process. I'm like, wait, I never get the flu. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to get COVID? I'm not going to allow my brain to even accept that. If it happens, fine. But I'm not going to accept that and say if and when, you know, all that stuff. I'm just going to do the best I can, wear my mask, do my sanitizer. If the vaccine becomes available and I feel right, I'm going to do it. And my husband and I talked extensively about should we get it, should we not? Well, eh, if we get COVID, we'll be fine. But what if we don't? And honestly, we went ahead and got it. And we just wanted to get back to life. I'm so sick of wearing the mask. I'm just I'm done. So I'm we done. don't. We wear the mask where and when it's appropriate. Like yep. I'm not one of those. I'm not trying to make anybody's life harder. Exactly. You know, somebody working there at a, at a grocery store, their job is not to monitor my mask wearing. You know, exactly. so I'm going to wear it to make other people feel comfortable. But you know, people that are wearing it outside and there's like nobody around you for like 150 feet, I think that that's. Pro- I think that's going overboard. But at the same time. What my husband and I talked about was you never know what other people are going through and how immunocompromised they could be, for example. So maybe, maybe it is terrifying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I, and I'm sorry, I'm not proud of this, but I, I tend to judge. Like I see people out on jogs still wearing a mask. I'm like, that's not good for you. It's crazy. If you're healthy enough to jog, why are you wearing a mask? Exactly. And not only that, but people have to literally breathe in in your face like their breath and i and i read somewhere that it needs to be like an extensive like you need to be in a full five minute conversation not just they walked past you and a a little bit of their breath came on you it's like like there's it's it's not that easy to catch but i'm not a doctor y'all don't listen to me or take my advice i'm just you know we're just talking yeah but don't you find it interesting though that this is what really caught my eye or my ear, rather, with COVID. Um, Everybody is very cautious now, and they're following lots of protocols, Mm -hmm. and there's all this, and and the media just doesn't shut up about it, right? It Mm -hmm. just, it's that's all we hear. First, it was all Donald Trump, and now it's all COVID, I'm sorry to say they lost, now they don't have Donald Trump to pick on, so it's like, what's next? Exactly. So here we are, okay, but what about all of the other, like, obesity and diabetes and things like this, like that are around that you should, Heart that disease. Are, yes, that are, that do kill millions upon millions of people every single year. Yeah. But people don't like, Oh, well you can't compare, you know, if you don't wear a mask, you're a murderer. But then if you buy your family uh, Coca-Cola and that's all they drink all day long, 
what you're a good parent. You're just giving them something nice. So like, I just, I find it interesting again, coming back to all of this, that like, you know, do what you need to for your family. If you're concerned, stay home. I don't think that everybody needs to, you know, I heard Elon Musk say he was interviewed by this. I don't remember the lady's name. But first of all, I love how chill he is. He's you so cannot, awesome. He cannot be bothered, okay? <laughs> but he was. Just, she was like, okay, so so what you're saying is, if what, what if you have, uh, you know, employees that are concerned and they're worried and they're, and she's going off about all these, you know, really trying to hype it, like people yeah. up, right? The fear factor. And he's just sitting there and all of a sudden he's like, stay home. That's it. And she, that's what, she was like, that's it. And she, he's like, uh, yeah, stay home. <laughs> because she was that. shocked that they stayed open, you know, and that they continued to work. And obviously, I'm sure he had the safety protocols in place, you know, I remember the masks and all that. But like, but that's... He's just smart and wise where he's not going to feed into her trying to bait him into something. Yeah. Like the least you say with... Sometimes the, the least you say is stronger than, you know, a lot. And, yeah. and he's smart enough to say, just stay home. Like, what's the big deal? But that's what you have is. a choice. And that's something that, and, and now I'm getting a little opinionated. So if y'all don't like it, sorry, but you know, <laughs> that's why we're here. That's though. why we're here. Don't have, have opinions. But in Texas, the country went haywire. Oh my gosh. They're opening. Our, our numbers are declining like crazy. One, which is fantastic. Praise yeah. God for that. And we're getting vaccinated. So the, the, the numbers are starting to balance, right? Yeah. But how can Governor Abbott open the complete state? It's like a mask or forcing you not to. Yeah. He's get, he's putting the ball in your court. And I feel like that's part of our freedom. Where it should be. It it's should where be it should be. Court. It should be in our court. We should not be dictated to. This isn't a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. We live in a free country. You are entitled to your opinion and you're entitled and everybody else is entitled to theirs. And we, I have strong opinions. You know, I have very strong faith-based opinions, but I'm not going to be mad at you for thinking different than me. I'm not going to judge i might yeah i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna judge i might honestly there's certain things that i think we all we pretend that we're perfect we're not no I'm, we all judge, we all judge. Voice it or not. exactly yeah and so uh, at the end of the day i do my best to to i've grown a lot in that area i used to be you know my way or the highway but thankfully i'm i'm opinionated but at the same time it's like be open if you want people to be open-minded then you be open-minded. Totally. I had I had somebody um, attack one of my posts. It, it was like mm. biblically based. Was it was a biblical. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a biblical post. But everybody knows that I am a Christian and a faith-based. Um, I do drop a, a curse word more often than I'm proud of. But that doesn't change where my faith is lying. That doesn't, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not cheesy and I'm real as real as they come. And everybody that gets to experience that knows that. So somebody trolled, I don't know who it was, but they made an ugly comment about, well, I don't think you're being inclusive of everybody. And I'm like, I'm not excluding you. I'm just stating what helps me. Yeah. And what, this is a biblical scripture. Now, if it were the other way around, and it were somebody else posting their belief. Am I going to go and get mad at them because they worship the trees or the universe or whatever? No. Yeah. Or if you are living an anti-biblical life, that's not my job. 
It's not like, I don't care. So why do you care so much that I voice my faith or, you know, what wakes me up or my foundational values? Like that's mine. I never understood that if you have enough time to stop and leave something nasty on someone else's, Mm -hmm. you need a hobby, my friend. And clearly (laughs) it is not social media because like you're either harboring some like, like I tell my daughter, bullies are just people that feel really ugly on the inside. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean like, and it it is feel right. Whether it is what they're going through. Projection is a really big thing. I've really Mm -hmm. tried to tell her because she's really sensitive and like, I mean, I'm sensitive Mm -hmm. to be honest. She probably gets it for me. So like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a, Badass, you know what I mean? But I have feelings. (laughs) And so, but I tell her all about projection and stuff. And I really want her to understand like bullies, I can never protect you from them, but I can help you understand them. And so people are just projecting. So it's like, if you didn't like it, just keep scrolling. Like nothing made you, what made you stop? Wait. And not only that, it's like, I feel like I go back. My memories will haunt me. And when I say that, I mean my Facebook memories because they- oh, <laughs> You're like, oh my God, oh, that's me wasted yes. at 2 a.m. That's embarrassing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my memories will come up and it'll be a political post that I ranted about and shared like seven years ago. Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like I was, I mean, I've definitely grown. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like so many people are divided or post their opinions and so many people feel entitled to respond. And then you see this ping pong of ping pong effect going on on social media and you're sitting there watching the, the gifts of people like eating popcorn, yeah. you know, commenting like, Ooh, this is <laughs> juicy. It's like entertainment, right? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, whose mind are you changing? Nobody's. I was just like, no one cares. No. no one cares about your meme about Donald Trump or Biden. No one cares about the president of Mexico messing up yet again. No one cares. We don't care. Yeah. We really don't care about the memes. I think, and if you are that type of person that wants to bully, and you're right, you're projecting what's on the inside. Or you're masking it very well, too, because that's another aspect of people masking. And it's interesting that you brought that up because, so my little girl I, I teach that I do my best to teach them to be confident. Like there's one thing about being direct. There's another thing to be flat out mean. Don't yeah, be mean. Agreed. Don't be mean. But when I coach my clients, like my executives, you would not believe the amount of bullying that goes on in the workplace, the amount of ridiculousness that people have to put up with or, or they just hold back because they're being bullied at work because they're of their faith or, or, not of their faith. I mean, and even not even talking about faith, just people's value system or their yeah. sexuality or, you know, what they believe in. I mean, I think that we have lost touch with that a person as a whole who we are in our social life. We try to keep a professional at work, but I'm seeing so much now that there's a lot of drama and it's not that it hasn't been there in the past. I feel like it's just being exposed more because people have more a sense of a voice. Like mm-hmm. I can complain and I'm going to write a Google review on you and you guys are the worst employers or you hire the worst employees. Everybody wants to blame somebody nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's really taking an effect on businesses, on mental health and on our social media platforms and probably more than that. And it's just time that, well, <laughs> like a light busted back there or something. Um, it's just time that we all just get along. 
Right. I wish it was that simple, though. I do, too. I really wish that it was just like, okay, get along. I just think that some, I think, constraint, like in such a social, we share so much of our lives now that I think that is like the catalyst for like, You're oh, right. now I'm just going to share all of the things that come up on my mind. It's okay to have a filter. You guys know <laughs> I believe in filters. So um, it's okay to have a filter and it's okay to also just... Hey, this is America. Like, as an immigrant, this, these are the things that I love and that what drives me crazy about people complaining. I'm like, okay, well, this is the freedom. This is like you, you guys rant and, you know, go on about the Constitution and all these things. But this is the very core of it. The exactly. freedom to, you know, believe and do to an extent, obviously. Mm-hmm. Please don't take my words right now out of context and take it to like, oh, so you have the right to go shoot up a supermarket? Like, no, obviously. There's common sense gun laws that I do believe need to Absolutely. be put in place and they need to be more stringent, but I'll just leave that there. But I do think that you should have the right to be who you are and people will have opinions. But if we learn to just keep them in, our, like, you know, in school, they're like, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything Exactly. It's such a simple but powerful. Remember that. Exactly. Yeah. And then it will be a nicer place for all of us. Tieran had all these freedoms just handed to them. Mm-hmm. They don't really value You know, the loss of those freedoms or, and I'm Mexican American, obviously I'm first generation from my parents were immigrant. My dad is an immigrant from Mexico, my stepmom as well. My entire family is Mexican. And so I'm very connected to my Mexican culture completely. But a lot of the times people ask me, well, so you think it's okay for people to, you know, get deported? Um, Yeah. There's a legal process. Legal so process. Sorry. My family followed the legal process and we so had no mine. guarantee when they left Russia. That's right. There was no guarantee that they were, it wasn't like plane flight from Russia to San Diego and nice life. My family took, got on a train, waved goodbye to their whole family, went to Austria, lived there for a month waiting for like certain, um, uh, like documents and stuff like that, then went to Italy for two months, were there. And then it was one interview that would have decided whether we're shipped off to Israel because we left as Jewish refugees or the Wait, States. wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> we have to talk about that. <laughs> I'm of Jewish descent, but I'm... Um, I'm not very religious. We talked about it. Okay. However, however, like I don't believe necessarily or it doesn't guide me is like the kind of play by play of religion. But um, I do very much believe in energy and in karma. And I think that that. But that's foundational of the Torah. Like it's it's there. Exactly. We're going to talk. Hold on one second. Hey, we want to thank you for joining us today, all you listeners out there, and for our sponsors of this episode. We want to thank Jane Emma, the owner of The Good For Co., for spending time with us today and giving us so much insight on clean water, her amazing company, her story as an immigrant, and much more. Until next time, this is your host, Crystal de Leon Sarmiento, signing off. Remember to hold your faith and release your roar. This was another episode of Release Your Roar. Do you know someone who has a story to share? Connect with Crystal at becomingalioness.org. Send us love and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. This was Release Your Roar.